what we do here is go back, 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 back. You are listening to the It's Not About You podcast. I am Felicia Baird, and I will be chatting with social entrepreneurs and other inspirational people around the world about all things lifestyle, business, and how they're giving back to the communities around them all at the same time. I hope you guys are all buckled in, and let's do this. Hey, everyone. Thanks for tuning in to the It's Not About You podcast. Sorry, I haven't really been around for the last couple of weeks. I've kind of taken the last couple of weeks to do a bit of a revamp, trying to decide what direction to take with the podcast. But I've also been super busy with my daytime work job that I have. So it's just time kind of got away from me if I'm being completely honest. I have been keeping up with the five-minute mindset tips, though, so if you want to tune into those every Monday, you are more than welcome to. In fact, I hope you do. I feel like they're beneficial, and they are relatable to my own life, so you could see what I'm up to from there. I did get my mojo back, though, after speaking to Terry from Enchanted Makeovers, which is the person that we have on the podcast today. She's pretty amazing. I was drawn to her story the minute I read about it and the minute I spoke to her on the phone. Um, I've been trying for weeks to get her on the podcast. It finally happened. But of course, the day that I chose to do the podcast, someone above me in the apartment was drilling. Like I think they were making a bookshelf or something because it was just nonstop drilling. But it didn't stop me. I continued on because I've been waiting for so long to talk to Terry and the timing was right. So I'm so sorry for the background noise. You're just going to have to deal with this one. Think that her content will overshadow the sound, I hope, but it's life, so it is what it is. I also want to take this opportunity to say that I would love to connect with you guys on socials. I want to see what you guys think about the podcast. I want to see what you guys are up to. Don't forget to connect to my Instagram at by Felicia Baird, B-Y-F-E-L-I-C-I-A-B-A-I-R-D. And also join my Facebook group, which is the It's Not About You podcast by Felicia Baird. Okay, I'm going to tell you about Terry now because I was pretty drawn to her story when I found her. Terry started a nonprofit organization called Enchanted Makeovers that basically represents a symbol of hope and a safe space for women and children when they enter homeless shelters. Women and children are often put in shelters when they don't have anywhere else to go. And so Terry specifically designs these places for energy healing. She creates beautiful artwork for them and the tools needed for them to get back on their feet while they're fighting homelessness. She had her own designing business 14 years ago when she had worked on someone's house in the community. And after a manager at a shelter had seen her work, he had asked if she would come in and basically do a mural for the homeless shelter that he had for women and children and not really thinking anything of it she popped in just to see what the job was about and she like had no idea that her life was going to change from there the condition that she walked into of seeing what shelters looked like and this is what people were escaping their homes to come to just left her in disbelief and so she did the mural and followed her heart And next thing you know, she closed her designing business and created her own nonprofit where she basically makes this a safe space for women and children to come to so they know that they're not alone. And it's also a comforting spot for them in such a troubling time in their life. 
I personally loved speaking to Terry because what was so wonderful about her was that she truly knows the struggles of designing a life that's way bigger than herself. And she was, she's absolutely committed to it. Every word that came out of her mouth, I basically got goosebumps and was in awe of like when I feel like I can't be inspired by someone so much, then this happens. And then I'm way more inspired. She had some really great sound bites about if you have a passion and you're not committed to it 100%, it's not going to work out. So I really hope that you enjoy this podcast as much as I enjoyed interviewing her because it's just, it's mind blowing what she created what she came from, and what she's done. So I hope that this inspires you guys into your next venture, and I hope you enjoy it. Let me know your thoughts. Love you guys. Bye. This isn't anything I came up with. Um, Enchanted Makeovers is my story. I didn't know that when I was called to ask. I mean, I was received a call back in 2006 asking to volunteer my time to paint just one wall at a shelter. And I had no clue fast forward 12 years later that that journey would be, would be just a transformation for me as it would be for the women and children in the community. Um, I had to go back chapters of my life that you just kind of put away, you don't want to talk about. And, um, I'm still, you know, I'm still turning each page and discovering more about myself as the women share about them, themselves. And, um, I don't know that visit changed the course of my life. Um, it wasn't about a, a wall being painted. It was about changing the way we see, we talk, and we serve humanity. Mm-hmm. And because um, I believe when we change the way we serve, it changes the way we see each other. And I didn't know that when I made that visit. And I saw that the women's dorm was everything that was given that was, it was used prison beds, bunk beds, used um, nursing home bedspreads. And the women stay at the shelter for a year with their children. Um, the bunk bed, the baby cribs were held together with duct tape. The walls were held together with duct tape. Um, I just, you know, I had a decorating business at the time. So I took before pictures like I would for a client. Mm-hmm. And... Um, I just remember telling the director, I don't know if I could do anything. It was just overwhelming. And I just wanted to run. Yeah. So I did. I mean, I said, she says, we understand if you can't do anything. Um, I saw that there was other projects that were unfinished that no one ever came back. So it was broken promises again to the women and children. Um, and I was deciding I was going to be a part of that too. So I just drove home. And I was, became angry because it was like, God, why did you bring this to me? I don't want this. I just want my decorating business. I want nothing to do with this. And a week had passed and I downloaded, at the time it was cameras. We didn't use, we didn't have cell phones. We're taking pictures. And I downloaded the pictures, um, the before and one of the bunk beds, 
it was covered in pea stains and um, there was two pillows on the mattress, but there was no pillowcases on them. And uh, the wall, you see the duct tape. And um, I've always loved polka dots since child. <laughs> and um, there on that pillow was one polka dots. And I heard, trust me. And I just raised my right hand up in the air and I said, I'll do it. I didn't know how. I had no clue what I was about to even was going to even take me on and I returned back to the shelter a week later and um, you know with my little design board and my pigtails <laughs> <laughs> and they brought to the women from the aftercare program Seneca Street to the chapel so there was about 50 women that were in the chapel and I as I was I it was like it was yesterday and I hope I never forget that moment. As I stood there, you see many other women standing against the wall with their arms folded, looking at me like, who in the hell is this woman with these pigtails? And does she think she's going to come in here and save us? Mm -hmm. And I, I can say that now. It wasn't that clear back then. Um, and I just burst into tears. I was sobbing. It was that nasty cry <laughs> that you can't catch your breath. Yeah. Yeah, I know that. And, <laughs> and the woman, I had my head down and I looked up and there was a woman in the front row and she had this butterfly necklace on, this blue eyeshadow. Her nails were painted purple. And she looked at me. It was that look of you're going to be okay. And I continued to sob. And the women started saying to me, it's going to be okay. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I knew that, that that was it. That was, and I continue to believe that, that I am standing with all the women and children. And I hope the community will do the same. We're not in, going in to save anyone. We're going in to stand and walk beside women and children. Um, and it took me years, you know, our tagline is she is me. That took me years and a lot of prayer to put that up because people have asked, well, wh why? What is that? Mm -hmm. I said, I know pain. I know trauma, hopes, dreams, Um all of that. And that's enough to say she is me. Um, and that's really a quick <laughs> of what Enchanted Makeovers is. Um, what changed, what makes us enchanting and stand out is that we want people to serve with their talent. Yeah. We don't want your junk from the basement. It's where we want you to serve. If you love to quilt, if you love to draw, paint, um, please serve from that place because I think that is the most authentic, um, just the deepest love that we can give. And not only is it transformational for the giver, but is also for the receiver. Yeah, that's beautiful. I agree. 
Um, so for anyone that's listening, um, can we rewind a bit? So you were, you had a decorating business and then someone had contacted you to do a mural for a shelter for women and children. Well, with my decorating business, and that's how I, I see life as a puzzle. And, you know, a lot of times we put a puzzle together. We try to force pieces. I've done it myself. I'm like, this has got to fit. <laughs> it needs to and, work. <laughs> and why I see it that way is the puzzle went back, and it's still being put together. Um, it's still unfinished. It might not ever be. I mean, life is, life is an inter- entire journey. Um, when I had my decorating business, my very first client, um, when I uh, visited her home, um, she was up North. So I'm here in Michigan. So any Michiganders that might be listening, they know what that means. So, (laughs) and, um, I went to her home and I am very in tune to energy and sometimes it's a blessing. Sometimes it's a curse. And um, I just felt that this woman had this really sad story, and I didn't know who anything about her. And um, I just remember leaving a note on her countertop, and I said, let me heal your home. And she called me the next day, and she says, I, I want this. And by the time we were done with her kitchen, she said, will you do my guest room? I said, what is the guest room, what is it going to represent? What is the story? She said, well, my grandmother raised me. And every Sunday, she made me chocolate chip cookies. And we had tea. So she wanted that room to be all positive, all love and light. A place for her to meditate. And um, so we did that. It was a poem that was put on the wall um, that was special between her and her grandmother. And before I left, I said, um, we have to name your home. And this, this is going to represent really that visual. What do you want for the future? And she said, I want to name it High Hopes. And we had a sign hung outside. I moved on with clients. A year had passed. And um, her client would drive by. You know, she took the same street every day to go to work. And he shared with her one day how there's a home that's very special And she said, tell me about it. He says, well, there's a sign outside that says high hopes. (laughs) And she said, "Um, well, David, that's my home. And I have to tell you about what this woman has done to heal me and my home. This gentleman also did fundraising for the shelter for women and children. David is the one that said, have her call me. Because we'd be grateful if she'd come and just paint one wall. Mm-hmm. And I visited of January of 07 and by the time it was towards the end of 07, close to 08, I closed my decorating business and started a nonprofit. Wow. I would never think that it has grown to now we are having a 1926 arts and crafts home restored for our headquarters by all volunteers all um, donations. The house was donated to us. Um, so the restoration on her, because the house is a her, mm-hmm. is no different than the restoration 
that is happens for all of us through this journey with Enchanted Makeovers. So I try to document everything and share it um, on social media. Um, and that's how it really began was really the start of my decorating business is where this journey started and the puzzle. Yeah. Well, that's a quite the turn of events. You probably didn't yes. expect your life to go in that direction. No, no, not at all. <laughs> so it was nothing I made up, nothing I sat down. And I think that the greatest causes, um, I've had people reach out and say, I want to start a nonprofit. I said, why? She's well, because I want to start one. I said, forget it. Because I think the greatest causes are, um, like for instance, with, um, Susan G. Coleman, you know, Nancy Brinker and her sister. This isn't something you sit down and say, I just think I can just do this and start it. It's really something that hits your core and, um, you know that you're called to do it. So that's a piece of advice of anyone out there is thinking, well, I'll just start a nonprofit because I want to start one. Mm-hmm. I love that. I just wrote that down. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's beautiful. Um, so how did you go about that then? So you're, you thought, okay, well, this is it. I need to, this is what I need to do. So what were your first steps to, to creating this nonprofit that you have now? Um, well, through this 12 years, it has been so many divine appointments, divine timing. Um, and I believe it takes a village. Um, and, uh, you know, when I decided, okay, I'm going to close my decorating business and start a nonprofit, um, it was my very last client. I left her home, um, I arrived to a home that was 7,000 square feet. The woman was very unhappy. And I said, what is wrong? She says, I'd be happy if I had 10,000 square feet. And at that time, the shelter transformation was already finished and I had moved on. I still continued my business. And, um, your decorating business. Yes. Yeah. And, I wasn't looking back. I'm like, okay, God, I did what you needed me to do. I'm moving on with my clients. Yeah. And that was it. Yeah. The, the deal, we, we handshake, the deal was done. <laughs> so, so I just remember the, the women never, all the stories and the time spent together, um, the bravery, the courage the women have taught me, that continued in my heart and every step I took, even as I walked into clients' homes, I knew I, I had the answer. I knew that God had a greater plan for me, but it was fear that continued to really overcome me to say that, no, you can't do that. Yeah, of course. You're not gonna no. And, um, when I left that home that the woman was unhappy with her square footage, I drove to my mother's house and I said, I am so caught in two worlds. I just, I feel I'm free. Um, I just felt free in myself and had a voice every step, every time I walked into the shelter and sat with every woman. But I 
always gave 110% to the resident, to the residential homes, to the clients, but it was not me. Mm-hmm. That was enough right there of enough answers for me. Um, my mother said, um, we're not going to talk about this anymore. God knows where you need to be. She pretty much shut me down <laughs> and that's good. You know, it was enough talking. And I went home and I sat on my bed and I did that ugly cry again. And it was a cry of, it was like a rebirth. And I just remember, and, um, you know, when I go and share this, I always hear people <laughs> in the audience, they'll go, Ooh! and I said, yes, you can make deals with God. And I did. <laughs> And I said the deal was just keep a roof over my family's head and food in the fridge. Yeah, definitely. And it was the most calm voice. And it was, and you will glorify me. And the glorifying is the love and light. That's what I feel God represents is just love and light, unconditional love that we bring to the community, to women and children. For me, it's the biggest thing is my mother's love is intertwined with all of that and how she took care of us. And that's what I bring um, to the women and children. Mm -hmm. Um, Starting a nonprofit, going out to get donations. I had no clue what I was doing. I walked into, it's funny. I walked into Home Depot in my town. And so go back 12 years. I walked in there and I thought if I could just get them to hear the, stories the women have shared i want them to see it and hear it through me somehow and i remember the manager rolled her chair out of the office and she says i don't have time for you and she rolled her chair back in Hmm. and i walked out of the store i sat in my car the ugly cry again (laughs) again there's a theme there's a theme here terry (laughs) (laughs) and I started my car up and I said, you're going to go to the next stop. So I went to the next store and I sat for two hours. It was a paint store and they said, we have customers. You're going to have to wait. And I sat there and sat there and only to be heard to, you know, you have to go through corporate. Yeah, We just don't do that. Yes. And, um, so I thought, well, I'm going to go on the internet and I'm going to start sharing my story and sharing my heart to donors and explaining why I need their support. And it was one of our largest donations um, was April of that time. And I was, I was, it was my birthday and I don't even know how old I was turning 39, 40. I don't know. And um, I remember getting up in the morning and before my feet touched the floor, I said, God, I don't want anything for my birthday. Just bring us, bring us the largest donation. And it was at noon I received a phone call from this email that I sent out hoping someone would respond. And it was a mattress company. He was calling from Mexico. He said, I'm on vacation. My wife said, you should really check your emails. He said, I came across yours. And my, I was brought up that if I can do something, then I need to do it. And 
I will donate all those 30 mattresses <gasps> you requested, all the mattress pads, and all the pillows. Wow. That must have been so and rewarding. That was the greatest birthday gift. I... It, no, it wasn't, you know, all roses and sunshine and, you know, through that process. But I knew in that moment right there, something, something was growing. Mm -hmm. And big, the big part of it was, is how I was speaking to myself about this project, how I was thinking and how I was visual, visualizing it. So I continued to go to bed every night and just visualize not only the space finished for the women's dorm, but how the women felt. So I could hear them laughing. Um, the women were sitting on the floor. That was a thing they said they would never sit on the floor because of how filthy it was. Um, it was just all those laughing and joy. And I did that every night before I went to bed. You just visualized. And, um, That's so specific. I yeah. love that. Yes. And at that time, that's when the vision boards came out. <laughs> and then and, came the vision boards. Yeah, I love that. And too. well, my first vision board was what it was the transformation of the, the dorm. Mm -hmm. It wasn't about what I wanted. It was about what I am claiming and what I want for this space. Mm -hmm. And it, you know, after that, it was, you know, I guess I, a transformation did happen. And, and I'm like, I got to get a 501c3. I've got to get my stat, a tax exempt. And um, I received a call after that transformation to come to a Christmas party. It was a Christmas dinner. It was like 250 women. It was Seroptimist. So it's an organization that's international and they support women and girls. And the event was at seven o'clock. It was seven o'clock. I was still at home. And my husband said, if you're not going, then put the keys down and just give it up. Yeah. <laughs> because I just didn't feel like going out. And it was that strong pull again that says you need to be there. And I'm thinking it's dinner. What's the big deal? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I jumped in. Yeah, I know. I jumped in my car. I drove to the event. I was the last, I mean, everyone was there. There was one seat open. It was towards the front. And I just kind of was hunched over like, I hope no one notices me. And um, I sit down and this woman sitting next to me, I had no clue who she was. And she started sharing about her mission. And she says, what do you do? And I started talking about you know, the last transformation. And I said, I've been praying that someone helped me get my 501c3. Um, and she says, well, you know, that's why you're here today because I'm going to help you. There you go. And we met a week later at a diner. There was no one there. It was about 10 o'clock at night. This little light above us. She pulled out a piece of paper. She drew a circle. She says, I want you to write everything in that circle about Enchanted Makeovers. And it was really just love, redemption, hope, anything that was on my heavy on my heart, I put in the, in the middle. And she's draw the other circle outside. So I did that. And she's, those are volunteers and donors. She's no one can ever taint or ever touch the inside, the core. You protect that at all times. 
and we've become huge friends um, over the 12 years. And that was a divine appointment. And I could have easily missed it if I stayed home. And I think that happens a lot for people. But we don't trust our gut. And we think this is silly. And I know now about the appointments. And I act on them. <laughs> and I make sure not to miss them. Um, and that's what's happened through the 12 years. And that's... <laughs> yeah. That's, I got goosebumps when you were explaining that like she helped you out at that dinner and you weren't going to go. I yeah, just feel so like so many people, yeah, they just get stuck in like their fear or like the, uh, it's like, what's one thing? And, and it turns out it's, it's a huge thing. Yes. Yes. And that's not, I believe everyone, everyone holds the golden ticket. I've always believed that. But the thing is, is with Willy Wonka and the Cho chocolate factory, all those children had to sign a contract. Mm -hmm. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen that movie. It's the seventies version. So it's not the one, the one with, um, oh, yeah, it's not that one. <laughs> and the contract, the tiny writing that one of the fathers, like, I can't, you know, you know, I know all about contracts. He's a car salesman and the tiny writing, that contract was about integrity it was about um, truth and honesty, authenticity. All those things is how that is the golden ticket. But there's rules to that. And um, as you see, you know, with Charlie, you know, he had every choice that he, you know, the Everlap, you know, that little, what is that, little piece of candy he kept in his pocket. Yeah, I don't. Yes. Yeah, I know and it will. About. Yes. And um, that's, I just think that's, there's a written contract that's very sacred within all of us, but there's rules to it. And it's our choice if we want to really follow those rules. And um, I don't know if you would say rules, but it's, um, I don't know. It's, um, I guess it's, it's like a, uh, something that you have to commit to. That's like, that's your purpose. Well, it's yes. And it's really commitment. It's, um, to yourself too. Yeah. And yes. I made that commitment to the women and children that I would not walk away like other groups have. But what about the commitment to myself that to have that broken, another broken promise, um, and I continue to be, I have to continue to be a warrior for the women and children. Um, I believe all of them are. They don't see themselves like that. But anyone that has been through what they've been through, because this isn't about a missed mortgage payment, I consider a warrior. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, that's, that's enchanted makeovers. And um, I, I just feel really blessed for you to reach out because it's another seed that's planted. Yeah, I agree. It's well, it's lovely what you're doing. Um, what did your family think of this when, when you started? Um, well, when it started, we had furniture in our entire house donations. So there was donations around my bed, um, nightstands in the kitchen, 
donations in the garage, in the basement, in the dining room, our whole house filled with donations. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I have four at the time. I mean, I have four children. I mean, they're now, you know, in their twenties. Um, it's, um, it's been quite a journey for all of us, but what a great, great, um, you know, all my children have volunteered at your and, at enchanted um, makeovers. Yes. They've been to shelters, scraping walls, painting walls, um, unpacking and packing boxes, um, traveled with me. Um, and it's, um, I don't know. I remember one box that arrived when my son was pretty little and I, we don't collect this, but it was a vent. It was called, it was this bra nonprofit that collected. Um, and I said, well, if I'm going to partner with you at this time, I really think that we need to do something extra special with these. Um, and Ray and Andy, you know how they have the heart. So they have the heart on the doll. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, I said, I think every bra should have a heart uh, where the heart is. And it's embroidered with believe. Because I want something close to all the women's heart mm -hmm. hearts. Um, so th those showed up at the house. And my son opened the box. And I don't know how old he was. He was probably seven or eight. And he's like, Mom, is this a slingshot? <laughs> <laughs> so we have we have some cute stories through the years yeah um, that's funny of just the things that you know we've had fun with and just the, my daughter when she visited the shelter for the first time she was six and I remember her walking in and she said to the director mm, it smells so good in here um <laughs> the director goes are you hun hungry honey I was just like, my face, like, <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> and, but it's, I still think it's precious because she's like, honey, come on for lunch. <laughs> so, you know, she's now 18, but, um, yeah, it's, um, it's another blessing to have my family, you know, stand beside me and walk this journey. Mm -hmm. I bet. I bet they're really proud of you to have watched you start a dream, like come true for you. Well, it's, I hope it's a message for all of my children that it's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. You know, anything you want to go after it's, you know, there's tears, there's on your knees praying. Am I going to get through this day? Um, building relationships with people, not because it's, you know, what's in it for me. It's truly caring for people. And sometimes you're blessed that they say, this is what I can offer. But the bottom line is that friendship and that honesty and authenticity. And I think that's, that's what has worked. And I think to share in your story has built so many great relationships that we've had with media to volunteers and donors mm -hmm. because they're not ATMs. You know, it's people are also in pain 
And I, th I know that um, that's why the mission had to be full circle, that it had to impact everyone's life, lives, um, not just the women and children, because there's a segregation with that. The message is, is that, oh, we must be the only ones hurting, and that's not the case. People volunteering are battling a lot of things. So um, I think that brings people together. Mm -hmm. I'm happy that you said that. Uh, that's a good point. Yeah, because you really see that in, in nonprofits. It's do this and this. And I'm like, have we forgotten about even the person that's standing here, that's standing with the person they're supposedly serving? Um, it, I just don't see it that way. I think we all need to walk together and hopefully share and have that open heart because we're going to see we have a lot more in common. Mm -hmm. It's just it's just the building that's different. That's the only thing that's different. You know, I've had women ask me, where do you go and network? I said, I network with women and children in shelters. That's my networking. Mm -hmm. I said, they. I've been mostly a student through this journey. You know, there's times I'm a teacher, but I'm still learning. I'm learning more about myself. The women teach me of what is needed. Um, and the community. It's... I think my bigger calling is tr the transformation of the community outside the shelter um, because it's a win-win of how we go in and how we speak, our energy we carry as we go into the shelter. So that's the bigger piece for me that I feel I've been called to do. Speaking more about this energy, do you, do you normally kind of use the energy in the place to inspire of what you're going to make in that house? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Cause people have asked, well, how do you come up with this design? I said, I don't work like that. It's, I have to visit. I have to sit with women, um, hear stories, sit with the staff because the staff needs just as much transformation, um, as the physical space. And it's a lot of just being still and letting things organically transform and come together. I just, I just don't work like that. I don't even know what that is. I didn't even work that way with clients. I mean, they gave me ideas, but it was about hope. That was why I started my decorating business. I told my mother, I said, this is not going to be about decorating. It's about giving women hope. Mm -hmm. And, mm -hmm. um, I just don't work like that. It's, it has to, I'm all about a space telling a story and it's a different story that we've been telling ourselves or someone else has been telling us for years. Um, and the women have shared that many of the women, you know, they've come from, you know, some, many have been in the inner city. They've never left. They said, everything's been broken from my mother, grandmother, and they've never seen a different, a world like this. They've never even heard different words that are spoken um, because I think words have power. Mm -hmm. I agree. So, and, you know, we can choose, we have a choice how we want to use them. And if you go through the website, there is no homeless woman, abused woman, um, poor woman. Um, I think that is, there's nothing powerful or empowering about that. So it is a woman and child, 
and I've explained some people still don't understand that. I said, I'm going to explain it in a story. You are now going to an, a, com a conference with me and there's going to be a box that I want you to put in the box what you battle. I don't care what it is. If it's a shopping addiction, if it's a drug addiction, whatever it is. And from now on, that, that battle is going to be before not even your name, just woman. So if you are an addict, it's addict woman. You don't even have an identity anymore. Yeah. And that's how I feel those words they do to a human when we just call them out as the homeless person. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I just, I, that, that really is a piece that really bothers me and we've got to change. We got to change how we speak and the whole story on that. Yeah. I, I think that's, I haven't ever thought about that before. Well, that's why we're talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's another seed planted. Mm -hmm. I like that a lot yeah. because, yeah, like these women and children, they like, they didn't ask for this and they have a story too to tell. And it's great that you're taking the time to listen to it. Well, it's... Um, I think that's what makes you and your business authentic. Well, um, there's more bravery I've seen in shelters than I've seen with, you know, I've been to events, um, networking in the beginning with women who have businesses and there was no authenticity. It was, um, what's in it for me. Mm -hmm. And I don't, I don't know that world. I, I don't, I don't want to know that world. I want to stay distant from that. Um, I'm very real and, I want to stay on that path and um, because the women have taught me that for a woman to sit down and share that her father uh, raped her from four years old to 14 and have the bravery to share that with me. Um, that is a warrior. That is a warrior. How I just, I don't know. That's, that's why I know now I know now that I'm on this journey is because it's time for me to open up those old chapters and to, um, heal and to, um, really share for others to heal and move forward because it comes a point that you've released it from yourself, mm -hmm. but it's only shared to help others. Yeah. And you're healing yourself and others at the same time. Yes. That's great. So it's, and that's where you're walking beside women and children and there's not trying to save anyone and help the poor guy. Um, it's just walking beside everyone. Boy, you're inspiring. I like you a lot. Oh, thank you. <laughs> no problem. What would you say to someone who is looking to, you know, has something in their heart that they want to start or like you was confronted with something that, they didn't know, like this wasn't part of the plan and it's, and it kind of just entered their life. How would you, what would you say to kind of chase that? Um, well, this might sound a little hallmarky, but 
for me, it's really about trusting your heart. And people would say, well, how, how do I do that? Um, I can only share my experience, which is um, we know what's wrong and right. We really do. Um, we just choose to, you know, look the other way. But um, I think a lot of it's listening. Stop rushing so fast. Because remember, when I started out, when I was asked to volunteer, that was not, you know, I'm going to start a nonprofit the next day. This led into almost two years before it was, okay, I'm going to get this paperwork filled out and do this. Mm-hmm. Because I had a lot to learn. You know, um, hang out with people a lot smarter than yourself. Listen to them. Step away from the ego. You know, I always say step away from yourself so no one gets hurt. <laughs> Just listen to people. Let them teach you. Um, stop the rush. Um, obviously, you already have that thing that something pulled on your heart that's leading you to, to start this cause. Mm-hmm. But there's no rush. What's the rush? Because you're still learning about yourself through that process. At least the great causes that I know of. Um, because it starts out as one thing and it leads to something way bigger. And that's not something that you think about overnight. I mean, it started just with a bedroom transformations and it's led to permanent sewing rooms that we set up. And that's only through my mother, how she took care of us. My mother shared with me one day how a sewing machine saved her life because my mother battles depression. And I knew in that moment that we had to have this program also for women and children. And that was years after this started in 07. Um, Every one of our programs or projects has been through just listening and learning, you know, about myself, the women teaching me. Um, That's the best advice I could give is just, and you know what? It's so great when you have, I love when I can hang out with that kindred spirit. You know, they say your vibe attracts your tribe. (laughs) Yes. It's yes. And to have that tribe that really gets it, it only grows even bigger because that goes back to the energy is what you put out, either it's negative or good. It's going to come back. So we need to pay attention to that. And we need to pay attention to what we're saying to ourselves. Yeah. Because our self is listening. So it's like taking a minute to, to actually listen to your gut instead of you're right, moving so fast. Well, I never noticed that as this process began, this journey is what I was even speaking to myself. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, it's, I always think of that little genie, your, my, your wish is my command. So if I say, well, I can't, you know, it's, I think about the words I use when people say I want, or I hope I'm all about claiming it, but you got to release it and you still got to move on with the, with the journey. Can't stay in that place. It's great to have a a visual and have a bigger dream, but what about the centerpiece? You got to work on the centerpiece. Ah, yes. Yep. Yeah. You're a beautiful, you're a beautiful soul, Terry. I like talking to you a lot. Thank you. Thank you for having me. <laughs> no problem. I'm glad we could finally make this work. <laughs> yes. 
I feel, <laughs> I feel like there's so many sounds going on in my apartment right now, but I don't even care because I'm just like, I am talking to Terry and it's happening. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Yeah. The sounds are for some reason. We don't know why, but. Yeah. Well, it sounds like. Let them go. Just, yeah, exactly. <laughs> someone is just making a shelf or something upstairs. I don't know, but. <laughs> Um, well, I really appreciate you being on this podcast. You were wonderful to talk to. Thank you. Thank you, Felicia. And you have a blessed day and, um, whatever it's in your heart, just claim it and keep, you know, continuing to move forward. <laughs>